Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. It's Black History Month, one of my favourite months of the year for that matter. For some, it brings mixed feelings, as black history, of course, extends for more than one month, and it should do, and it must be part of all history, as it was, and the deleted and stories and legacies need to be acknowledged. But I'm so delighted that my first guest for the month is Paulette Brooks. Paulette Brooks is the CEO and Chief Artistic Director of Serendipity Arts UK. Paulette has been at the forefront of the development of black arts in the UK for 25 years. She initially worked as marketing manager at Nia Centre Manchester in the 90s, then artistic director of the People Centre in Leicester, and ultimately the chief executive of Rich Mix in London. As founder, CEO and artistic director of Serendipity Arts, Paulette has pioneered the establishment of an annual dance festival in Leicester since 2011 entitled Let's Dance International Frontiers and coordinates the very high profile annual Black History Month here in Leicester and beyond. Paulette has edited several high profile publications and books. Her experience includes leadership training, partnership building, artistic assessment, business planning, fundraising, both private and public and charitable, marketing, audience development, events management and international programming. Well, I couldn't have more of an esteemed guest and I'm delighted to welcome the eminent Paulette Brooks to the show. Thank you. So Paulette, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Serendipity Arts? Serendipity is a diversity-led organisation, so the majority of the work focuses on groups that are you know, considered marginalised in terms of the work that we do, but it's, it's about making that shift where people perceive that it's, it's coming out of community or a uh, 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 black arts, that it is community rather than professional. So the work is of the highest calibre, it is a reflection on the communities found within Leicester but beyond because by our nature in terms of diversity we're, we're, we're international we're global so the work that serendipity does it's it's founded in a lot of different uh, different levels in that one it's not just about showcasing high quality work but it's about the ability to leave a legacy so we're really keen that legacy is intertwined with performance and showcasing so we're doing that as we go along so it's not one or the other it's both because um serendipity is trying to plug that gap where there's those missing voices you know those hidden voices and so we're trying to make sure that not only are we offering something that you can just go for sheer enjoyment and enjoy but also the bits within our education that we we need to give some people a refresher and so yeah um serendipity uh nine and a half years coming up to our 10th birthday um and working um culturally specifically around bhm black history month and having a little bit more latitude um around ldif yeah and and i know i just what i always say to people is that you can never learn enough and one of the things we talk about in Tetra Map at all that I'm trained is, is you can't unlearn, you mm. can only learn more. Yeah. And actually, Black History Month is about everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think what you do really reflects that. I mean, Black History Month this year, it's um, a, bit of in, a bit of a teaser for me with lots of people. Because on the front cover, I ask everyone to pick up the brochure. And my first question is, who is it? So it's got the image of a black woman on the front. And I have from Oprah Winfrey mm. to Eartha Kitt in terms of what people have said. But it's Sarah Vaughan. Yeah. And, you know, Sarah Vaughan, you know, um, one of the greats in terms of, you know, as a singer. But she played 
here in Leicester at De Montfort Hall in the 60s. And I think it's really a a testament to have her on the front cover of the brochure as we focus on our past and how it influences Mm. our our future. You know, we also had people like Ella Fitzgerald, you know, um, playing there, Billy Eckstein, Mm. you know, um, some of the greats at De Montfort Hall. And one of the key facts that we found recently um, around the things that we've been doing and trying to showcase this year as well, in 1934, Paul Robeson Mm. started... of his tours at De Montfort Hall. So in, you know, um, Black History Month is, yes, as I keep on saying, it's it's educational whilst being entertainment at at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's clear you've got a lot of passion and everyone who knows uh, knows you and meets you knows you've got passion for the arts and, and a passion for, like you said, expressing mm. and giving a platform to those often unheard voices. Mm. So what made you decide um, to start Serendipity Arts? Um, well, I've worked for um, predominantly um, in cultural diversity or black arts throughout my career uh, within uh, the arts and cultural sector. But you know, as you work for different organisations, you then have to follow a certain line. Mm. And uh, and it got to the point where I still felt that we had these unheard voices. So although I was working within diverse organisations, voices were still not being heard. And so it was really, really important to try and, you know, address that mm. in, in, in some way or support that or to look at that within the work that I was doing. So there's lots of, you know, things in terms of going to other venues and struggling to get there or the cost of it and doing things like that, you know, and thinking, well, how can I change this? I, I went to see a performance uh, at one venue and for three people to go and see this performance, it was like £100. And I thought, well, then how do the communities that is aimed at access that? Mm. And so I then put the same thing on in Leicester a few years later, but made it free. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's about really giving access, giving a voice and also recognition. You know, people can see themselves, you know, um, they can aspire, they can do great things so I think the thing with uh, what we've been doing over the years in terms of issues around diversity there's been constantly throughout it missing voices mm. and um, and to just do a, you know we've only got it one month of the year we can only see so yeah. you know yeah. Black History Month is the showcase but it doesn't mean that it stops absolutely and so it was about giving you know um, opening up an opportunity for those voices Really, really important. And you know, as a as a black leader yourself, um, what have been your career key career learning points from the lens of a black woman? The best lessons of the things that go terribly wrong. <laughs> I'm really sorry. My greatest jobs have been my yeah. worst. Okay. When every, you name it, it's happened. It was wrong. You you learn so much from mm. that. They say you know the wise man learns from fool, yeah. and I have to say. In my jobs when I've made an absolute mess or, you know, the organisation itself has been a sham, that's where I've learned learned the most. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you really, really do. And I think the biggest thing that I think lesson that anyone can learn is to listen. Yeah. And we'd be surprised how listening is not a tool of today's mm-hmm. youth. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we do. And I think... Um, you know, when you're not sure, it's to take that quiet breath, count to 10 before you answer. Yeah. And the answer may be, 
can you repeat because I didn't quite because you need to listen Mm -hmm. so I think listening and things that have gone absolutely wrong because you know you think well I'll not do that again oh I've understood this you know so yeah I think uh, I think of some of my uh, jobs and you know having bullet holes in the window in one job and you know things that used to happen I think things that didn't go the way that you would Mm. like and that's what, where you learn what's made you kept going so when you've hit these barriers or hurdles or difficulties how have you framed that differently and gone I've not failed I'm learning from it as opposed to Did you know what I don't need this anymore I'm walking away from it it goes back to the point you made earlier that you keep learning because mm-hmm. you know um uh when I had my daughter, my life changed again mm. because you change again because now you've got a different thing and you've got to give back and you recognise the need to give back, you know, and it's really easy to moan that no one left anything mm. for you. There's no legacy, there's no gatekeepers, there's no yeah. this. You know, it's so easy to moan about it, but you've got to say to yourself, well, what is my contribution? Mm. What have I contributed? How have I helped? It's easy to say that someone didn't give you something, but what yeah. did you give? Yeah, okay. Um, and I think that's really important to me that mm. I could sit here and say that people never did this or they never left that. But maybe there wasn't the opportunity for them to do that. Maybe the infrastructure wasn't there. You know, there's loads of maybes, but you can, you need to be able to sit down and ask yourself, how have I tried? Mm. What has been my contribution? You know, yeah. I think it's really, really important not to moan. And in terms of legacy, in terms of gatekeepers, in terms of saying, well, it wasn't there for me. What did you do to make that difference? So, you know, serendipity, I didn't realise. Um, um, Amy told me we've had so many young people go through the doors here. And I hadn't realised that there'd be more than 100 young people go through the door. And that's really good mm. that you're contributing and helping and nurturing the future yeah. you know yeah. and it's part of the ethos of the organization mm. you know so we just it's embedded in what we do I think that's really really important you have to be prepared to give back and that's a really interesting point because I was having a conversation on Facebook with a friend yesterday um, and she used to be the NUS uh, black students officer when I was mm. a student union mm. officer and I said to her I wish we could go back and I could be in one of your sessions again and it was 2004 and she said yes and then we could maybe get more black MPs if we'd known what we had known yeah. so yeah. that that whole thing around um, legacy you've got to keep thinking about it and you've got to keep thinking before it's too late and keep doing things yeah. and keeping up to date with the current dialogue because the things yeah. that we did 20 yeah. years ago or 30 yeah. years ago are not appropriate to do now to get where we need to get to. Mm. So we have to find different tools and new ways to continue that yeah. fight and that battle. You know, we have to arm ourselves and equip ourselves with the new technology, mm. with the new tools that people are using to get to the next stage, you know, um, you know, um, and educating, not just in terms of being able to do English and math, but yeah. educating in yeah. terms of knowing your history and having a sense of pride, you know, and have, filling in that bigger picture. So it's not an either or, it's mm-hmm. all, I think, is part of it. Yeah, definitely. You've kind of kind of touched on that and we've been talking about it. But for you, you mentioned it's a showcase, but what is the other most important thing about Black History Month? I mean, Black History Month, um, the current exhibition that we're putting on, it starts from 1910 to present day. 
and it will show the black intervention of people, particularly in the Midlands, and that it wasn't just that we arrived on the Windrush, that, you know, the Windrush is part of our history, but, you know, it shows those other histories, it shows shared histories uh, as well, um, and and the whitewashing of history. And so it will take people through that. So we're going to have these uh, massive images and with QR codes on it and when you go on the QR code of that decade it unearths all these things that people didn't know about and that as they will start um, from 1910 to present day when we did Lost Legends when we celebrated 30 years of Black History Month we did a timeline at the back of the publication which showed a 250 year intervention of of black people Mm. um, nationally but then we also drilled down to focus specifically on the East Midlands of, of you know of lives here mm-hmm. and what people were doing as I said 250 years yeah. ago to present day so it's really really important because when you go and look at the history books you know there's only certain bits of our history in there yeah. and I'm not saying that they need to take those bits no. out I'm just saying it needs to have the right context yeah. broaden the context yeah and and so what we're trying to do is plug those gaps mm. so we're just continually punctuating that and changing the language and, and and the other thing that we're doing with it in terms of Black History Month we're now building the educational packs that are sit alongside the exhibitions mm. or the publications um, and engaging where possible, not just with schools, but, you know, Demontford University, other universities, other areas. So we can start to change mm-hmm. that, that, that dialogue. I mean, we've just, on this one, which will launch in a couple of weeks, um, we've uh, just produced a film made by a young black female um, filmmaker called Jahar, and uh, it's called A Very British Voice, and it's brilliant. Local people telling their stories, both young and old, poets, singers, it's lovely and and it's quite nice because again the team and other people who've seen it so far it makes them reflect on Mm. on their contribution or it makes them reflect on their knowledge or history of of black history and say oh I hadn't realised that you know um, well maybe I need to find out a little bit more Mm. about that Mm. and I think that's important. Yeah and absolutely and I think in this area I mean there have been black people in Britain since Roman times and it's not the single story actually yeah. these are merchants these are people yeah. trading yeah. it's yeah. it's is not a new thing and yeah. I think black people have always been part of all histories. Yeah and then that's what we're showing because we're not just showing that we've just come here and we've you know been on the buses. No absolutely You know not. we're yeah. showing the the richness yeah. in terms of contribution you know intellectually, culturally, you know, we're, we're, we're showing that greater side um, um, that is always missing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's and it's actually fascinating and it's, and it's fun. Again, in uh, uh, as we approach Black History Month, we're about to launch our um, digital archive. And so we've been starting to build a digital archive that reflects all the things that I've been talking about. Um, that will be one that works with Black Cultural Archive in London, but, uh, but really to drill down on things that are happening in the regions, in the Midlands in particular. Because again, I think the other stories and hidden voices within that, mm-hmm. that is all. Also, also missing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, given what you've just said, um, in your eyes, what do you think is the best way to educate and make every under- everyone understand the importance and significance of Black History Month? 
I think that's really difficult because I think it's not one size fits all. And I think that we can't just say there is one single way that we need Mm, to do. mm. I think it's great that we have this annual celebration and that we've got this opportunity to come together and to show the best work, but it is a year-round programme. Mm, mm. We do have Black Chat, which is a a series of discussions that happen. I think it's at every single layer, but I think one of the key things is we need to change our history books and we need to change what's happening in terms of the national curriculum and what we're doing in schools we need to broaden that so that's just a baseline that we need to do but um given that I I still think that you can't just say um I can't just say here you go this is how we do Black History Month and that this is the way it's going to be because you know people learn differently as well but the influences on music or on film we need to start explaining that so when we look at our, our black British exports to the American market people need to know that their training was mm. here that they're representing uh, you know black black British voices you know rather than thinking oh um, everything that comes out of Hollywood and the film yeah. industry has just come and all the training and nurturing has been there actually you know there's a lot of the best product so to speak yeah. has come from come from the UK mm-hmm. and and beyond and so uh, you know there isn't there isn't a straight answer to that yeah. I think the fact that we need to have multiple layers of things yeah. happening and they need to be happening simultaneously mm-hmm. so things that are happening in schools things that are happening in um, um, our museums things that are happening you know um, in our art centres I think that's going to be the best way to do it and therefore there's different things that appeal to different people's interests you know um, rather than just saying oh well it, this is compulsory and this yeah. is what you have to do and then you learn it by rote because then you've not actually understood mm. anything yeah and then this whole thing around multiculturalism blah 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 blah, blah neg- the negativity around yeah, it yeah and um, any sort of tips for co- more corporate workplaces so um how you, so whether we've got you know employee affinity groups or staff networks and they do a huge amount of work in all different sorts of workplaces but i suppose if there's a workplace thinking oh actually yeah we'd like to do we'd like to educate our staff more through the arts um, um would you, we're, what would you we're, just, we're, we're just about to um launch um uh, cultural diversity and creative practice as a, um, an online learning course and to start to also courses when we move into our new space because I think it's really, really important that we look at some of the issues that people are, um, uh, have not necessarily had in their standard education mm-hmm. but actually when they go into the workplace it's the first thing that hits them yeah. and so we do need to look at you know, um, you know the shift in landscape around terminology and yeah, language yeah. and its impact. We do need to understand all the things around cultural policy mm-hmm. and cultural theory and again where that has an impact in, um, from an arts and cultural perspective we do need to understand about the the widening of the term um, diversity and cultural diversity because it's ever becoming mm-hmm. a bit of elastic mm-hmm. and what that what that means and how these things play uh, and fit into government policy government strategy and where that fits we do need to understand that you know um, the issues of things like the sus laws of how it's yeah. in and out and what it means you know so it's sus laws here but the language, similar sort of language is used within the states what do these things mean in terms mm. of cultural policy and planning and working within yeah. you know and in yeah. terms of business yeah um, um entrepreneurship and diversity we need to start looking at all of these things and understanding them um because what we're finding is 
you know, students say, oh, yeah, I want to come and work in the arts. And then you say, well, you've got this policy. And they haven't got a clue. Yeah, okay. They haven't got a clue. Yeah. Um, it, and, um, uh, and it's not the student's fault. They've not been taught anything. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so absolutely. I'm not blaming the student. But I think it's a whole layer that we need to um, unpack a little bit further in terms of the education. We're not um, overly uh, politicised in terms of uh, politics being mm. on the agenda in schools. But you think about some other countries and um, and, and politically children are very, very aware. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that we can go and vote when we're 18. But, you know, but understanding government mm. and politics, you know, not yeah. saying what yeah. side you sit on but yeah, yeah. actually understanding the, process. the processes and the principles around government and politics how decisions are made within parliament how that process works I think we need to you know there needs to be some serious step changes of understanding you know these structures um, that would then empower people to act and react um, hopefully differently yeah. within the workplace you know and with each other yeah, and I think SAS laws are really important, actually, because I, I've got fr- friends who have been stopped at their workplace, very prestigious government body, um, and asked to show their pass when other people were going through. And surprise, surprise, they were from the black community. Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's still a long, long way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it might be after, but what are you most looking forward to attending in Black History Month? Any events or anything that you're doing? Or maybe it's afterwards. Um, I love Black Chat. The film programme's brilliant, but this year I'm being a little bit spoilt because <laughs> we've got Sue Andy coming, and Sue Andy's from my hometown, Manchester, and Sue and I used to, well, she used to be, she's a brilliant performer, and we used to work together, and she was part of the things, so I'm feeling a bit spoiled that I'm having a long-time friend come be part of the program um i think everyone's uh, going to be slightly privileged she's absolutely brilliant so i'm feeling a little bit spoiled within that the launch uh, is going to be good wanting to see people's expressions when they unearth a little bit more about um lester's hidden history um then i think um we had earlier in the year Thomas Tabanko um, from Tanawada. Yes. Um, uh, it's just, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. Yes, I It's have. going yeah. to be the bomb. Yeah, it's going to be so, so. I mean, Thomas's work, I just think that people are really, really going to enjoy that performance. From the music to the movement, I think it's going to be fantastic. So I don't know, there's too, there's actually too much to choose from. Um, <laughs> I've been spouting on about Fanon um, yes. all year. Um, I went to uh, a conference in Lisbon called Afro-Europeans, and, you know, I think they all think Fanon's a, a, a god. Um, I'm working with the BHM Live with a, a young uh, uh, artist who's got a piece called Oreo, and so I've oh, given right. him Fanon yeah, to go and really read. Um, and so, yeah, they're just... Oh, gosh, and I have to mention Paris, who's a musician within one of the BHM Live event. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful musician. Young lady that I met this week when we were working through that. So I, I don't know. You need to come to it all. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, apps, um, and every year, the programme is just... It's just getting yeah, bigger. it is. I know. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant programme. And I think... 
Um, because it's not just serendipity, it's other people um, who pull the Black History Month programme together. So, you know, it's a shout out to everybody who's in the the BHM brochure. But what they need to turn around and say to themselves in terms of the programme and the effort that they put on, it is, as far as I'm concerned, because of the contribution from everyone else within the city as well, the best Black History mm, Month program mm. in the country. It's yeah, huge. It's huge. It really is huge. It's well respected. It's well attended. And every year people are interested and wanting to contribute more and wanting to do more. And as I say, that's not just serendipity. I have to acknowledge all the other people who recognise the importance of it and work really hard mm. and, put, um, and contribute to the programme. Yeah, brilliant. And for organisations then who might want to celebrate Black History Month, what are your top three tips for doing this in the best way? And again, I know it won't be one size fits all, but what are your top three tips? I think if you've never experienced or never gone to a Black History Month thing before, then I'm just going to say as tasters to go to, find a film. They're at Phoenix, so one of the films will be to your taste and your liking. Find a live arts performance. If you're not used to live arts performances, BHM Live, because it's it's got shorter sound bites of work. And come to a discussion yeah. or an exhibition so you yeah. have a taste at different levels to, to start to frame a picture. Yeah, so, so you can frame a picture that way rather than just come to one type of event. Yeah. And what will happen, in ter- you'll, you'll then also meet... A range of different people to then yeah. think about how you might shape it in your yes. organisation, yes. whether yeah. it's public sector, private yes. sector, corporate yeah. sector. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. And um, if you want to know more about your work and what you do, how should they contact you? And I just want to say I'm really honoured to be um, one of the um, sponsors. So Diverse Minds is sponsoring Serendipity's part of Serendipity's Black um, Black History Month events. So if anyone wants to get involved and do what I've done, what's the best way to contact then you? Then we've got our website, which is www. UK.com or you can find us we're based at Montford University at the moment um, but yes on our website is the easiest point um, to get hold of us and all that information and the BHM programme will be part of the show notes so you won't miss out and you can absolutely access them um, so thank you so much Paulette that's been incredible it's been insightful and thank you for distilling your amazing amount of knowledge and experience with us today on the Diverse Minds podcast oh, thank you for the opportunity Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.